Hello, we're all live. Um, we are. Welcome everyone. Today we've got Georgina Good, so a VP of a brand uh, communications and uh, or global brand channel and uh, sorry, glo global brand channel. <laughs> and why, why ask you, her, Tim? <laughs> yeah, it's like you've got, Georgina. You've got so many parts here. I, I always like to introduce, but I obviously screwed that one up. Anyway. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself, Georgina? Thank you, Sarah. It's these back-to-back -back calls are driving me nuts. Um, oh, I feel for you. Yeah, it's, it's a mouthful, but essentially Vice President of Marketing Communications at Boeing. Within that is brand uh, and global channel and content marketing. So in a nutshell, the expression of the Boeing brand, the various different external touch points of the Boeing brand fall under, fall under, my, under my remit. Wow. Fantastic. That's a big job. Yeah, it, 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 it is. Yeah. I mean, because we talk about when we say touch points, we talk about all the different facets. So we talk about social, web, advertising, sponsorship, um, all the content creation piece, historical services with Boeing being such a, you know, a wonderful legacy company. We have such a rich, rich history um, and, ar and archives in terms of what we've done over the last 104 or five years. Um, and um and so there's that piece. And like I said, all the advertising and the sponsorship as well um, across both the enterprise and business units. So it's 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 a big one. And stores and tours we do, although not many tours happening at the moment, given that uh, given the pandemic. So any merchandise or anything like that, I'm I'm, I'm your girl. Oh, wow. Amazing. Swag. Yeah. And, and and you're also a, a Brit uh, in the US, which is which is fantastic. And, and, and this series is focused around uh, influential employees and people running mm -hmm. employee advocacy programs. So, uh, and also because it's, it was International Women's Day uh, this week, and I know you're big in sort of women in technology and empowering women. So it's very apt to have you uh, with us today. Um, it would be great to understand you know, how employee advocacy shows up in your role and also your own presence on social media and what you've got out of it, like personally, professionally. Yeah, so that's a big question. I think in starting with starting with myself, and then I'll go on to the, the to, to the bone piece. I think for me personally, um, social media has just been um, a fantastic platform for me to um, share the things that I'm interested in, but also engage and connect with people I'm fascinated in as well. Um, I, you know, I'm on a myriad of different channels. I use them for various different reasons, as most people do, whether it's professional or personal. I try to keep it quite distinct. Um, but for me, it's just just a hotbed of discovery, of learning new things, of listening to different points of view. And I've always been really interested in that. I've also been really interested in because my, you know, my training has always been in PR and in marketing, is how digital has really um, created this in incredible platform for PR and PRs and marketers in terms of building and maintaining reputation, in terms of branding and how you express yourself through the ways that you engage and the content and compelling stories that you tell. So it's just been an area, you know, back in the day, I think I joined Twitter in 2008 and Facebook in 2007, it's a while ago and, and how these platforms have morphed and evolved, you know, sometimes not always for the good, but um, there have been some amazing just um, ways to explore the world and explore different points of view, which I've always been fascinated in. So there's, there's that piece. Um, 
I will say from a from a bone perspective, um, our employees are the lifeblood of our company. Um, they are um, they they epitomize our culture and our values in terms of how we live. You know, we live by our values every day: safety, quality, uh, integrity, transparency, and the work that they do and how they do it is essentially our brand. And so when we talk about how we communicate um, internally, externally, our employees will always come first um, because they are the lifeblood, because they are really the mouthpiece of our brand. And so for us, you know, being able to, um, you know, leverage those voices in a positive way um, has been really powerful for us. We have, you know, an influencer network within Boeing where, um, we will leverage certain voices around particular campaigns and initiatives. Um, we create various toolkits for employees to get involved and advocate on behalf of the company. Um, we showcase the incredible work that our employees do day in, day, day out. And some of that work you can see on the, on the Boeing channels, particularly through the last 12 months, which have been particularly trying for, for everybody. Um, and um, and so, yeah, for us, you know, we see them as such an important asset to everything that we do. Um, and we do build out strategies to be able to leverage that and create a platform for their voices. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that that fascinates me. I, there's two angles I want to go down, really. One, I want to ask one question about which social channels you're on, because you say, yeah. you know, you're quite distinct. Um, but then also on the advocacy side, you're quite a technical company um with engineers technical employees you know how do you get those that audience on social media is that you know so i've got two questions there so so i think we're going to go down like pairs of questions aren't we no no that's okay (laughs) i haven't had any coffee this morning so um you'll have to forgive me if you need to like keep me on track in terms of the platform i I screwed up at the beginning to allow you to say whatever you want yeah. Yeah. No, we just got straight into it. I'm I'm good with that. I'm yeah. Good with that. Um in terms of um the platforms that I am on, I'm fairly traditional. Um uh, you know, LinkedIn from a pr- professional standpoint, I think LinkedIn is a fantastic platform, particularly when we think about thought leadership uh and we think about our employees as really being um um uh you know, a channel to really um, share what an incredible place Boeing is to work. You know, we 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 want to build out you know strategies around um, you know talent recruitment and and that piece. And and it's, LinkedIn is such a great platform for that. So I'm very active on there. Um, and because I am part of various different networking groups as well that do promote women within tech, technology and marketing fields. Again, it's a it's a it's an important platform for me. Twitter, I just love from a discovery standpoint. Um, and really um, honing on, on particular discussion areas. I just find this is still very rich. I know not everybody agrees with that now. Um, Facebook, I'm on really from a friends and family perspective. And then I'm really starting to get into to Clubhouse now, um, oh. starting to listen to some of the, the conversations that are happening there. Um, there's some really rich, particularly when you think about marketing and advertising communications, there's some really rich discussions that are happening on those platforms now, which, um, you know, it takes a bit of getting used to, but for me, this is the way, um, this is the way that social is, is going in terms of the video piece, in terms of bringing together niche communities to chat through 
uh, and discuss different topic areas. And a lot of it is, you know, pertaining to society and cultural changes and um, particular niche interest areas, which I just find really fascinating. So that's a new area for me that I'm, I'm, I'm honing, honing in on. Instagram as well, clearly I'm a big fan of Instagram as well. Again, just from stroke personal professional. So there's that piece. And then Sarah, on your second question, just around how do we get employees onto social? It's a really good question. Um, first of all, you know, I feel quite strongly that we would never, you know, force or, you know, if someone doesn't want to be on social media, that is totally okay. Um, you have to be, um, uh, you have to want to be part of um, sharing, whether that's, you know, personal or professional, that's, that's totally down to the individual. I will say that, you know, a, a lot of the employee base are, are there and some of it is just um, really coaching and directing what best practices should look like. So for us, I mean, I will say traditionally Boeing is, um, uh, I would say, fairly traditional in terms of really not wanting to over-rotate on promoting people just to go onto social and talk about what they do. We do work on, you know, highly sensitive products. We're a government contractor. And so, you know, five, six years ago, uh, you wouldn't tend to see policies and guidelines saying, hey, you know, these are the guardrails, but go onto social media and talk about what, what you, you know. It, it was very much, you know, look, go onto social media at your peril type thing. Yeah, you know, going on and talking about what they did. Over the last five years, we really have... Um, honed in on how we can really promote the benefits of social in a safe and responsible way um, when talking about the work that we do, what's okay, what's not okay. Um, we have some really robust social media guidelines in place, but are just made to feel a lot more accessible than they probably would have been, you know, 10 years ago at the Boeing company. You know, we want to invite people to get engaged, you know, get engaged. We want, you know, to invite employees to share their stories about the work that they do and the teams that they work with and tell their stories. So for us, um, you know, we we make sure that we share that we are on these platforms. We have an extensive network of around 40, 42 different platforms globally right now. Um, we make them aware the platforms are there. We make them aware of what the, the do's and the don'ts are. But we also make them aware that if they do it in a respectfully responsible way that adheres to our code of conduct, um, that it's okay. And we want them to talk about the great things that they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. we've actually we've got David Perry on the phone. Uh, on the phone. On the phone. I can't speak either. I don't know what's up with me, Tim. What's going on? <laughs> But hello, David. And he's he's just said he's asked a question. Any good Twitter chats on women in STEM that you'd recommend? So, oh, that's a really good question. Um, some of them will probably be more more US based, but I don't think I've got any any off the top of my head right now. I joined a really good one yesterday, and I'll have to put it in the chat or something afterwards because I think this will be um, recorded. But um, so the, the 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 asker of the question, I will get back to you on that in terms of, of good good Twitter chats because I did join one yesterday for International Women's Day, which is very STEM related, um, and, and love to share that with you all. There you go. So sorry, I didn't have a direct answer to your question. That's all right. We we're big into Clubhouse though, aren't we? As well, Tim, we've just started on that journey. 
So yeah, I'm doing doing one in 50 minutes as well. You're more than welcome to join. Oh, um, I just do that. All about corporate brand speak versus influencer narrative. And oh. uh, we're, we're digging into that. Um, but Clubhouse is funny, isn't it? I, I was just about to go to bed last night and at midnight I got pinged by Brian Fanzo saying, join this group. So I, <laughs> I stayed up and then I found myself at quarter to one in the morning, you're whispering into Clubhouse. And, and it, it's broken all sort of time zones, isn't it? Like, because they were the US and UK and Asia. You know, there's just so many rooms going on. It's, it's a bit of a... Uh, it, it, it's fun, but it's all time. It's overwhelming at the moment. It's overwhelming it at the moment. So I think, you know, once we, once they're kind of, um, yeah, and I know there are ways to switch the notifications off, but when you're new to a platform, you really want to discover it, right? And you want to join different things and exactly. hear what's going on and, and, and really understand how to get the most out of using a platform like that. Um, and, but at the moment, yes, it, it's, it's a lot, but I think there's some, there's some, there's some goodness there, which is really interesting um around healthy debate around like i say niche subject areas that people can get really in depth on um so yeah no i'm really interested as well in that yeah and then, have you had any thoughts about how you could bring that to boeing or are people asking you about what should boeing do with clubhouse yeah it's it's come up uh it has come up and it's something that we we are looking into I think for us, really, we are um, we absolutely want to leverage social media to um, really drive thought leadership around some of um, some of our, our, our key um, narratives, you know, around sustainability, around uh, global equity, uh, diversity and inclusion, around safety, uh, around engineering excellence. So there are definitely you know key themes and stories that we want to tell. And I do think that with Clubhouse, there is a real opportunity to have those conversations with some really um, influential communities that can add a lot to the conversation and the debate as well around those topic areas. Mm. Um, and so, yes, it has come up um, for us to start thinking about how we could leverage a, ch a, a channel like that for thought leadership discussion. Yeah. And, you know, actually, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it could be a good place for, from an employer brand point of view that, you know, you could it could be a talent recruitment platform, you know, to learn from other employees that are working, you know, and to listen to their stories and their yeah. progression paths. You know, this could provide a conversational window into a brand like Boeing that you don't get on LinkedIn talent solutions, Twitter, podcast, yeah. you know, because it's they're all very one-way channels, which you can engage with, but it's less conversational. It's in the moment conversation. I think, you know, you could get another side of a brand through um, you know, voices, which is I couldn't agree more. And I also think now prospective employees are they're looking for more from companies. Yeah. You know, they're really wanting to see that point of view. They're really looking for an organization that stands for something, you know, much more than just, okay, what's the salary going to be? What's the benefits package, et cetera? You know, what does this organization stand for? Mm. Um, and I think using a, a platform in that way would be really interesting. Another great example of that actually, which um, that just prompted me was, you know, a, a platform like Twitch, for example, where there are, um, you know, communities on there, the um, communities of pilots, for example, that oh, yeah. um, get very into the live streaming of you know simulations um of some of some of our some of our commercial planes and um you know the conversation that goes on there around um some of that live streaming and you, again you kind of think about 
you know, young pilots coming into the game, you know, and what they're wanting to find out about how could Boeing infiltrate some of those conversations and really get involved and, um, you know, really help and bolster in that respect in terms of the recruitment around specific, you know, pilot communities as well. So again, you look at these platforms and you go, okay, there is there is such opportunity here from, from a brand perspective, absolutely, but also around how Boeing can, you know, attract the best team and the best talent in some of these niche areas, because we are such a, a vast organization. Like, as you say, Sarah, we have, uh, you know, engineers, um, we have, um, you know, big data science and analytics, um, maintenance and services. We have traditional, you know, uh, competencies around HR and comms and all that good stuff. You think about the breadth and depth of the type of roles that we're recruiting for day in, day out, and you look at these platforms and just see what an opportunity there is to really get close to potential applicants. So, mm. yeah. So, so there's there's so many opportunities. There's so many new platforms coming out. Uh, there's also what you were talking about, sort of managing the reputation and mm -hmm. potential reputation risk as well. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to hear a few stories about some of the big wins in social media but also some of the key challenges that you're facing because with all these new yeah. channels I suppose it just presents more opportunity but more work and more challenge you know and obviously you've got to manage where you where yeah. you prioritize and it would be great to understand some of your experiences yeah I mean it's uh, it's it's very you know it's it's in terms of some of the challenges that Boeing has had over the last 20 months has been fairly public, I would say, uh, with the 737 MAX um, and some, you know, recent incidents around, um, you know, engines on, on, on 777. And um, the truth is we're tracking this stuff all the time. It's really important that, you know, we have that intelligence that is coming into the team um, and we can build our response plans around the intelligence that we're hearing. And clearly social media is one small part of that. There are various other um, different feeds that come into the communications team and we're um, deciding on, you know, how to respond. So for us, having that really robust um, listening platform in place has been really key. Um, and I think really um, working closely with our various different partners as well in how we communicate, whether that's on the supplier side, whether that's with regulators, um, et cetera, has also been critically important in terms of how we communicate around uh, around some of these these um, these issues. But the tracking piece and being prepared um, has been paramount for us, um, absolutely. And so um, having that team in place, knowing that it has to be and understanding that that has to be 24 seven, there's no kind of like we clock off at five and that's it, we're a global organization. Uh, we do work around the clock and have teams in place around the clock and being ready to respond, you know, having really robust crisis management plans in place, um, having really clear um, lines of um, accountability and responsibility, single points of, you know, contact in, in terms of decision making is really important because the one thing that we all know um, we all know with social media and when things go wrong is the speed at which things escalate um, and snowball and the importance on how, you know, in, in how to get ahead, um, how to get ahead of some of this stuff early. Um, so for us, like I say, having the structure in place 24 seven has been critical, 
having great plans in place, having a great team in place as well has been, you know, critical. Um, so I, I would say those, those are the, 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 the main the main points for us um, in terms of the in terms of the reputation. And we track these things all the time. I mean, we track all our products. We, you know, tracked various themes. We, you know, and in emergent news, and you know, if there are particular announcements, that is also, you know, we monitor that as well. So having having that intelligence, but also using it, i.e., making a decision on whether we're going to take action on something or not, um, has been paramount in terms of how we deal with things. I'm, I'm interested a little bit more to learn. You mentioned you have like an influencer program internally. So you've yeah. got topic experts that you place into conversations. And I'm guessing you're connecting the dots between your social monitoring of emerging themes. And you'll be like, something's bubbling up here. Let's call upon, you know, expert X or whatever. <laughs> you know, what have you got to say about that? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Is, is there a connection there? And how do you yeah. activate yeah. experts? I mean, we're really fortunate that we have, we call them SMEs, subject matter experts for various different aspects of what we do across the organization. You know, if we do see things that are bubbling up, we will go and identify a particular SME that we will work with to respond if it's around kind of clarification or if it's around adding value to a particular um, conversation or debate. So we do do that. Um, the influencer network is really about how we leverage some of the stories around uh, the stories that we tell. Um, so interestingly, you know, we launched our annual report, uh, which, uh, you know, is typically a big, you know, well, not big, but, you know, it's a financial document typically for the investor community. But there is such a rich um, story to tell around Boeing in 2020, um, you know, navigating through the, the, the pandemic. Um, but also some of the incredible work that the organization has done around uh, autonomy and sustainability and engineering and all those great stories. And so we will leverage our network to you know, share that we release this report, but also share some of the incredible stories that wrap around that financial document. And yeah. so you've got something that historically would have just gone to you know, the investor community that really is telling a rich story around the Boeing, the Boeing business for lots of different other stakeholders. Um, so that's how we, you know, leverage the, in, the influence network in that way. And also the other way I look at it is um, the role we play in local communities here and some of our, we call it Boeing Global Engagement, but some of the, the CSR work that we do essentially in the local community. Our employees are so, so, so part of that, you know, whether it's volunteering or whether it is Boeing, you know, making a donation to a, a particular um, a particular initiative, charity, et cetera. Um, having our employee voices and their influence in the local communities with their friends and their family are so important. We have huge populations up in the Puget Sound in the Seattle area, in, in South Carolina, in various other locations across both the US and internationally. And again, our employees have such a part to play in their local communities and their local markets. So that's another area that we would think about, you know, leveraging our network strategically to tell certain stories to different stakeholder groups within the community um, in different markets as well. And I think that's amazing. And um, with your with your SMEs and influencer network, how, how many of them do you have? And, and are they across different languages and regions? 
Yeah, so I mean, as a, I mean, we are a global communications function, so we have teams across across the world in in most of most of our you know uh, most of our markets, and so in terms of the various different um, translations and making sure it is appropriate um, for a particular particular country, for example, or region, yes, we have those those experts on the ground. And absolutely, the influencer network is about having a group that is engaged and, yeah, globally minded that sit across the world. So um, if you're tracking something like the annual report for me, like I, as I would, you know, we have got some of our most senior executives talking about it right now, down to some of our employees in the UK, which at the moment seems very far away for me. Um um, as we do within, you know, um, with our teams that are based in Dubai, for example. So um, we have a very coordinated approach to how we share some of the work that we do to tell some of the amazing stories and taking something like an annual report and being able to, like I say, really build out these rich narratives around our values and what we're about as a company and being able to tell it in, in I would say, more of a networked way through the voices of our employees and our SMEs has been really valuable to us. And, and do you have an employee advocacy tool where you, all the wonderful stories, you put the content into a tool and then and then the various different employees globally share it? Is, is that, could you tell us a bit so about not, how you enable there. them? Yeah, we're not there yet. We are very much there with the kind of the, the toolkits and the, you know, the imagery and um, suggested messaging. But again, this is down to the individual. The most important thing from my point of view is that this is totally voluntary. Um, it only works if people want to do it and talk about the work that they're doing in their own authentic voice. Um, any guidance that we give is purely directional. We do not expect people to cut and paste and do any of that. Um, it is much more about, look, we're doing this amazing thing right now. Do you want to share it, basically? And um, it's down to that individual. So we're not there yet in terms of coordinating through a, through a platform um, to the influencer network. Um, but we do have, I will say, technology that, I mean, again, we are a large company. We have many, many different platforms we need to service. We do have technology in that respect that does pull together holistic editorial calendars and all the content that's going out on certain days. I think the piece that we now need to get to is how do we bring that influencer element into that? And so they have that visibility of that platform and know when they can get involved and what they can and cannot share and et cetera. So we're nearly there on that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And and so could a, could a, a relatively junior UK employee um, read the, the, the annual report and then post about what their interpretation is of that or is, uh, under under the guidelines? But it's but yeah, they're given I mean, the freedom the, to be able to communicate that in the public domain. Um, we do share what our social media guidelines are about re on a regular basis. Um, they're easy to find, e easily accessible. Um, but absolutely, if, if an individual feels compelled to want to share, and you've got to remember also, we build this, these assets to make them inherently shareable, you know, uh, in terms of the visuals, in, in terms of the sound bites and the copy that, have created to, that is created to support those visuals. So we're always trying to think in a digital way in terms of how an end user could then share that content. So that's Amazing. how we do design the, the assets that we build. Clearly, there is a primary object, a pr object, primary objective for something like an annual report. 
But then if you think about all the different layers around um, uh, the value that that can bring from a branding perspective, um, then it gets more interesting and uh, you can then, you know, add in different layers of marketing and into to sharing that work. Amazing. Thank you. It's a great, what you're doing there is you're talking about how you can repurpose content, I think, yeah. through in a, in a shareable, usable, digestible. Because let's face it, I mean, I've worked with enough corporates as well that when the annual report comes out, I, I kind of, I don't, I don't even know whether I glance through it, to be honest. So to make it a digestible thing that an, an employee, no matter where they are or what role they're in, can understand it and I'm be part of that of conversation. Part of the con- yeah. yeah, what a yeah. great idea. Yeah, it no. also gives you it also gives you feedback to what <laughs> what they pick out of it or what they like I suppose yeah. back to you as the brand of what what Boeing means to them yeah absolutely and I think you know that's that's how we really look at um, all of our content I would say is you know yes there are always going to be the initiatives that we will go and build something new because there is a particular business priority that we need to meet but we also have and I've touched on historical services at the beginning such richness in terms of the content i mean i'm lucky i'm I'm, i you know i work for an organization that we do not have an issue with lack of content we have tons of content in fact too much but you know you think about an asset like the historical services and the stories that exist there and the um the 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 richness for us to be able to repurpose some of that content and we did that for for black history month we're doing that at the moment for women's history month and it's really looking back at history and seeing, okay, how can we retell these incredible stories that are actually still relevant today when yeah. we talk about um, equity, when we talk about diversity and inclusion? You know, let's look back into the archives and really look at those stories that we should be bringing forth um, to present day. And again, with initiatives like Black History Month and Women's History Month, there are other layers that we bring in around, you know, current unbelievable people that work within the Boeing company to tell their stories but there is such richness in stories from the past and um, so that repurposing piece is really is really important to us. I think also you, you're touching on a point there that employees have great stories they have yeah. great stories to tell quite often though and you t- touched on it earlier that we've just spent years telling them not to go on social media yeah. so quite rightly they're a bit nervous aren't they and they yeah. and this whole you know, we suddenly all the companies have got right now. You need to be on social media because they've, t- you know, cottoned on to the employee advocacy thing. But actually, it's about giving them the confidence, sharing the opportunity, um, t- telling them that it's okay to tell stories, and giving them the guidance around. I think you mentioned earlier that you do like this is what good looks like, right? Yeah. So this is what this is this is how it should. This is what good looks like. And this is what it doesn't look like. So they can see um yeah. you know you can give them the theory it's a great yeah it's really good to see a brand actually using stories from employees and encouraging that in social conversations yeah. and connecting and yeah I also think that and I think Tim this was the point you were making is that for us as a business we have to listen to our employees you know the good and the bad it's not always good you know we want that feedback we have to as an organization learn where the pain points are and some of the areas that we need to address and um and so having that that feedback is is useful and you know we have an incredible internal communications platform that you know over the last 12 months have absolutely allowed employees to 
to, to comment a lot more and engage with the stories that we're telling. So we as an organ, we as a, as a business can see that firsthand. And I know how valuable that is, not just from a comms perspective, but from an HR perspective, from the, the perspective of our, of our executive um, leadership, um, is really understanding you know, what is motivating the team, what they're interested in, what they want to hear about, what is not landing, and when it's not landing, what can we do about it to make sure that, you know, the messaging is right or we need to, you know, relook at that business strategy. You know, that that piece on listening is so important and is the only way that we're going to be able to stay relevant. So um, so that's the other aspect of this is just the listening piece and, and learning because we're not always going to get things right. And um, making sure that we're hearing from our employees firsthand is, 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 is paramount. Yeah, what I love about that is that, you know, a, a brand like Boeing, people say the general consumer might not think it's as accessible because you see them as a brand that, that you might see on the news. But actually, all the wonderful stuff you, you're, that you're doing, you're making it so accessible with social purpose. And, yeah. and that's, I suppose, the wonderful transformation that, that, that you're working on over the years. Yeah. And, and it I, takes yeah. that long to be able to evolve. Yeah, and I and I love that you said that because we really feel that social media has brought that to us as as a brand. You know, it humanizes our brands and our products. It does, you know. And for us, it's about um, building that trust with our different stakeholder groups, talking about the incredible stories, being able to reach um, stakeholder groups. Some that are very large, you can say the flying public, for example, and some that are more niche um some of you know suppliers for example or um some uh, you know uh, some uh, international markets that we want to reach for example so um there are it, it, it's just been such an asset to us um being able to leverage uh social in that way and i do you know for anyone that is listening you know do check out our platforms um we have specific platforms for the incredible work that you know boeing's doing in space on the defense side, on the commercial side, um, our corporate platforms, our Instagram feed is incredibly rich and really gives you a different side of um, you know, who we are as, as an organization. Very, very value driven. Absolutely. And so for us, that's really important to convey that through our platforms. Um, and, and social just brings that and brings that. And it really does allow us to connect with stakeholders, like I said, to engage and to listen and to learn. Trishina, really? can I ask you a little bit about your, because you were quite early on social then, 2007 yeah. to then. When when was it that you had your, was it then that you went, this is brilliant, this is going to change the way we do business? <laughs> or did it take a few years and you went and suddenly you had a penny drop and go, wow, this actually is quite a good thing to do? No, I, I, it, it feels kind of quite recent to me. I remember being at like some very small PR, I don't know if it was like hosted by PR Week or something like this, but it was like a small gathering of um, PR pros that were talking about this new platform called Twitter. And I remember, you know, getting, managing to, you know, grab at that time, not many people were on it, the, the Georgie C Twitter hat and all, and just tweeting and, um, and realizing quite early on actually, and I worked in PR at the time, just how important social was going to be for PR in terms of message dissemination, in terms of branding. Um, and I, I remember setting up the, the, one, uh, the first Facebook page for Vodafone UK, which was for their 
CSR aren't a world of difference. I don't know if they, they still do that, but um, setting up that page and it was that the first the first time that they had gone onto social to, to talk about um, their CSR initiative. And I remember at the time, just, I mean, the platform's so different now, but the blood, sweat and tears around, you know, building out this beautiful page and um, making sure the assets were on point and, you know, you had rich, compelling stories to share. And at the time, I think you could do interest. And this wasn't for the Vodafone, but for other brands that I worked on, um, you could do quizzes and games and all that stuff, which again, you can't do now anymore. And it's just fascinating. And, and, and at the time, I just kind of, it just clicked to me that this was the way that PR was going to be. And, you know, now let's face it, digital is synonymous with PR and marketing. You can't kind of, you know, you talk about digital, it kind of well, is PR and marketing. So, um, so no, I mean, it was pretty early on that I just realized that this was going to be, it had to be a part of the suite of tools that we were bringing to clients um, and how we were going to promote their brands, basically. So that was that was pretty early on. It's just it's just fascinating to me, you know, fast forward where we where we are today and how the platforms have changed. I mean, I think about the time we would spend on branding for these pages. Of course, I, I can't remember. I mean, I remember a Facebook rep a few years ago saying like two percent of people go to a brand page now because everybody's lives are lived within the scrolling of the newsfeed. Yeah, yeah. And so all our thinking needs to be around news feeds and how we stop the scroll, et cetera, et cetera, and grab that attention. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, advertising plays a big part now in, in how we communicate. Again, you see worlds collide between PR and marketing, very blurred now in terms of the disciplines to get messages out on digital. Um, but no, I just kind of, I just saw at the time, and, and, and like I said, early 2007, everything was really organic. I don't even think they were the advertising platforms at that time. Um, yeah. It was organic. It certainly felt that there was a conversion with what was happening with the work I needed to do with my clients. And um, so now I, you know, it's, uh, I jumped on early. Yeah. Good thing. And I've and grown help- with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause we love to talk about people, uh, you know, your personal like influence on social media and your personal activity. Uh, how much do you feel it's important that you show up on social media to obviously lead the strategy? Uh, I think it's really important um, as the leader of the team that is, you know, uh, spearheading digital at Boeing. Uh, it's really important that I model the behaviors that I expect my team and, um, you know, the, the rest of the employee base to, 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 to follow. And so that is important. Um, have you got a routine? Have you got a, have you got a, a certain sort of uh, rhythm to like, you know, tweeting a few times a day or like no, a coffee break honestly, or something like I that? Feel, I feel for me, right. You know, five, six, eight years ago, whatever, you know, where we, we would, you know, advise brands to be very kind of formulaic in terms of approaches to social and you have to do it this time amount of times a day and, you know, check the data for when most people are checking on, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, yes, I, I think it's different now. I think mm. you have to put your yourself in the position of the end user. What do they really want to hear from you? What is going to be meaningful? What is going to drive value? And so for me, it's much more about the end user than it is about kind of, you know, what do I just put out there? I mean, that, and that's particularly true for Boeing. You know, I for, from my perspective, I'm like, is this meaningful? Will the end user care? 
Mm. You know, and it's getting that balance right between the needs of the business because there are always going to be things that we have to get out there, right? But also yeah. the needs of the, our stakeholders and the, and what are they expecting from us as an organization? So for me, that drives a lot more meaning is around understanding our stakeholder needs and expectations um, rather than as a business, we have to adhere to this set criteria to do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, we're not meeting best practice guidelines for LinkedIn or Twitter, et cetera. So for me, that is the most important thing is, is the stakeholder piece and that coming first. Me personally, again, I don't adhere to any kind of morning routine. I mean, morning routines for me is absolutely I check social media. But if I've got nothing interesting to say, then I won't say it. You know, I'm inspired about the things around me. I'm really interested in, you know, big tech and how that's shaping society right now and the, the impact it has on culture and politics and uh, and, um, and mental health as well. Yeah. Those are the areas I'm really fascinated in. And those are the areas that I tend to talk about. And I also talk about my family and my personal life because, you know, these are my personal channels. And um, sometimes, you know, that's the, that's the way I express myself and tell my own personal story. So um, no structure, very ad hoc, but always thinking about what's actually going to drive value and why am I doing it is, is yeah. probably um, paramount for me. Nice. Thank you. But it, it is, I mean, obviously you're focusing on quality and you, you, even though you say that you're not structured, you have structured the themes and what's yeah. important to Boeing as well as yourself. So I can hear that you are very mindful about this of quality and, and sort of structuring yeah. that thinking. But yeah, I agree with you. It just posting for the sake of it is, uh, um, it, it, it yeah, is not too valuable. Yeah, you hit a really good point there. I mean, absolutely. There is always a, a, a strategy behind what we do. And what we do has to ladder up to our broader business priorities as an organization. And so we theme that we theme our approaches, uh, approaches around that. And so there is there is a strategy there in terms of what we want to do with social and social at the end of the day is one of many platforms that we use. Like I say, um, my team are responsible for advertising and sponsorships and merchandising and licensing and all that, all those other great platforms as well. So we do approach things in a very integrated way. But absolutely, what you see show up on Boeing social media platforms is tied to something bigger. Um, there is a reason behind why we're doing it. Um, it's going to be supporting a particular enterprise priority. It's going to be supporting a particular program priority for us on the business unit side. And so there very much is a strategy behind the work that we do. So Dave's asked a quick question. He said, um, referring back to what you said about being early on social and just recognising early on it was going to be a game changer. Dave yeah. said, you know, having said that, do you find that there are still a lot of PR comms marketing folks that still don't quite get it uh, from an indiv individual perspective and, uh, and that they're doing it for the corporate account um, rather yeah. than them for themselves yeah I, yeah I do I think that the biggest thing is around understanding really understanding first the needs and expectations of your stakeholder groups you know the audiences that you are trying to reach yeah. should you be on these platforms in the first place that is the question you need to ask yourself you know do they expect you to be there nowadays typically yes just because of the environment that we're in but, but not always not always do you have to have a Twitter account. Not you know you, you don't have to have that. Or there could be a different approach to Twitter that you may take, which may not be a corporate account. It could be for the CEO, or it could be for someone else. You know that can still help enhance the, the brand. 
So it's yeah. really thinking about, like I said, the needs and expectations of that, that end user. Um, I think the other piece to this as well is really making sure that social media doesn't exist in silo. You know, we, we, we've got a very specific conversation today around social and advocacy, but everything that we do is integrated. You know, yeah. we have a multitude of different platforms that we will communicate both internally and externally around uh, various initiatives. So that internal, uh, that integrated play is really important and having and layering in the influencer piece is really important because we want to be able to drive reach, we want to be able to drive uh, engagement in a coordinated way. So I think sometimes that's where the disconnect can be. It can be like, okay, well, we've got the press release check, we've got the tweet check, we've got the LinkedIn article check, but are they really playing together in a harmonious way? Um, are they really adding value as a collective, as a package? Are they really thinking about the needs and expectations, sorry to, to harbor on about that, around stakeholders on these platforms and how they consume that content on those platforms in different ways. And so it's just really thinking strategically around the value that social media will add to your communications or marketing plan. And so that, so that question there is a good one. I think that's sometimes where the disconnect is. It's more of a checkbox activity. We need a tweet. We need to tweet. Oh, yeah. But you know, <laughs> why? You know, can we not do something better in you know, a long form article or LinkedIn or do we actually need to put this on social? You know, is there a better way that we could leverage this? Should we just leverage something through our influencer network and not do anything from the corporate brand? You know, so it's just thinking about different tactics and different ways to tell your message because at the end of the day, how you tell your story is going to input into your you know, overall brand perception as well. So, um, so yeah, no, good question. I think that's, yeah. and it's also because your role, why I screwed it up at the beginning, because you've got so many different facets to I your role. I forget you, it's fine. It, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous title, it's fine. But, but, but I, was try, I was trying to make a, like, I mean, even though I'm self-deprecating in terms of uh, bring it up again, uh, the, the point that I was trying to make is because you're in charge of lots of different areas of the uh, of the marketing and comm strategy, so you naturally think in an integrated manner, which is uh, amazing because it's not siloed under your directorship. So yeah. I imagine you can say, right, this is, these are the themes coming up, so we're going to be doing these tactics, or this is how they're all going to link up. And quite often they're not linked up in this, so yeah. especially when you're maybe regionally focused or a different business unit because you know it's hard to like you know coordinate with uh, with the HQ. Yeah, the coordination no. piece. The coordination piece is 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 it is a is it's a key area for us because of just the 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 vastness of content that we have and and, and the stories that we tell and and technology does help us in that respect. And like I said, I talked about a platform that we use called Opal that really does bring everything together into one place. You know, has teams collaborating on different projects that may be targeting different markets or different stakeholder groups, etc. But that coordination has to be there because you know I need visibility. Um, my boss needs the visibility of what's happening each day, and so you know that piece is really key. 
Yeah. But it's, it's not even like the regions and the countries being siloed. It's the functions as well. You know, if you've got a social selling program going on over here and they can't do it without the content that you're giving them and you can't create the great content unless yeah. you're listening. Um, and you can see how all social sort of sits across and that, you know, how you engage that content out there using your, your SM, your SMEs. The whole thing is like linked um, yeah. And I mean, that's something that we've, uh, you know, and I know this impacts a lot of, you know, large global organizations. That is something that we have worked on very intentionally over the last three years is from a cultural standpoint, a structural standpoint, how do we break down those silos and really create um, uh, multidisciplinary teams that work on this, uh, on these projects early on in an integrated way rather than this weird handoff where you've got someone that owns the strategy and they give the brief to someone else and the, they take the brief and they give it to the content studio who builds the thing and then <laughs> throws it back over the fence again. We've been very intentional around, this is not the culture that we we, we want to, to build here. This is about collaboration. It's cheesy, but it's true. Collaboration, listening, making sure that the right people are involved early on and these are teams that are working the entire end-to-end -end process. There's no passing them baton along along the line. Yes, there has to be, you know, a single point of contact in terms of um, accountability. But then they will have the team that is responsible for various different facets working that side by side. And so that interdependency piece, the collaboration, the integration, from my perspective, has been something that we've been very intentional about in driving because again with a big organization when you have business units that have various different priorities you have enterprise that you need to support as well um there has to be that level of coordination um that's really important and that comes from like i say the mindset piece uh, uh, and the structural piece as well uh, great but nice. i think we gotta we gotta wrap up soon but we could sarah and i could talk to you for, for ages uh, yeah. and especially uh, as a fellow Brit um, and leading such uh, a, an interesting brand. But I think what I've learned uh, definitely is that, you know, how to take a traditional brand and to make it very open and accessible and, and, and with all the different channels, you know, focusing on the audience and linking up all the themes and integrated approach is, is comes, comes across very, very strongly. So um, thank you. Thank you yeah. for sharing your, your ideas and experiences. Georgina and um, yeah, great to have you on the uh, on the interview series yeah thank you so much Georgina yeah fascinating great yeah, and if, if anyone wants to, to find any more uh, of our interview series then go to analytical tribal impacts website under the resources section and they're all downloadable from there um, thank you Georgina it's been a pleasure to have you yeah great stuff thank you both you take care